Well, good morning, everybody. As Jake already let you know, I will not be preaching this morning. We are so glad that you've joined us. We've got a packed house here, and we are thankful for that. We are going to hear from Jeff Hicks with the Missouri Baptist Children's Home. They are our newest mission partner, and uh, I'm excited to hear about all the ways that we can partner with them to serve the children of our state. Uh, and so hopefully you're excited as well. But without further ado, Jeff Hicks. Good morning. I uh, have entertained all week uh, various contacts from some of you uh, with bribes of cash and decadent food uh, for me to share uh, stories about Caitlin. But um, I am uh, I'm uh, sad to tell you no one has met the reserve. So uh, I guess... I guess I won't do that. As disappointed as I know you are and I am. One thing though she, she didn't tell you was that song, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the first time she sang it was she was three years old in a rodeo pageant in Lufkin, Texas. And the sound man messed up and the sound went off, but she kept singing. And she won in her little gingham dress and her basket with the stuffed toto in it. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, that one was free. It wasn't counted in the reserve, so, <laughs> since she sang that this morning. What a, what a joy it is to be your missions partner. Um, it's a privilege for me to be a missionary with Missouri Baptist Children's Home. Um, having done so now, this is my fourth year after serving 30 years, uh, 30 plus years in the business world. And God led me to Missouri Baptist Children's Home and we're delighted, thank you for, uh, we received, uh, have been receiving your gifts, your monthly gifts, and uh, it is so appreciated. Uh, do I have to push this to bring it up? There we go. Um, today I want just to give you an overview of uh, our ministry and let you know uh, how multifaceted we are. Um, some people, you know, when they hear Missouri Baptist Children's Home, they think of an orphanage, a place where kids live, right? Uh, a home where kids live. But it's much bigger than that and has been. This is our 135th year serving in the state of Missouri. That's a long time, 135 continuous years, no breaks uh, within serving in our state. Our mission, of course, has always been since 1886, serving God by assisting children, youth, and families to make a lasting difference in their lives. Again, as I said, we, we've been around for a long, long time. Uh, since 1886, we started as a 12-bed orphanage. Uh, in a rented property in the community of Pattonville. Pattonville was a little village right outside St. Louis. A woman by the name of uh, Effie Thompson, in a service just like this on a Sunday morning, God laid it on her heart to start an orphanage in 1882. She worked fervently for four years before she had the cash raising the money by selling quilts, pies, jellies, jams, 
I wish I'd have been there. <clears throat> but she raised enough money with her ladies' circle, her sewing circle that met every Tuesday at Second Baptist Church in St. Louis, to open in that rented property. They opened on April the 1st. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Before five o'clock on April the 1st, her 12 beds were filled. And God began to give her more and more room. They moved to several different properties over the years. And in 1907, we moved to a property in Bridgeton, which by the way is the community of Pattonville, or it was then. Bridgeton, uh, we moved there in 1907, and our property still is there in 1907, and unfortunately some of the buildings look like 1907. <laughs> but uh, God still blesses us there in that ministry. About the early 70s, we begin to transition from just being a residential center and we'll talk more about, and I'll show you some of our residential centers. But we begin to see the need across the country and a recognition that children need families. Would you agree with that? God designed children to live in families, not in institutions. And so we begin to broaden our focus and we begin to work with government officials in the state of Missouri and we established a, a, a work within the foster care system in training parents, rising up Christian families so that they might serve these children who are at risk, children and youth. And so our ministry broadened with that and not only in foster care, but broadened with adoption. And we began to broaden our ministry there as well. We have our own adoption center, which I'll talk about a little bit later. We then begin to uh, offer transitional care for those who are aging out of the foster system. These kids suffer post-traumatic stress disorder at a greater rate than returning veterans of war. Isn't that startling? These are children who are broken, who have... Uh, many emotional and spiritual and physical needs, many of which have been abused in all, of those, in all of those spectrums and in all of those realms. And so we begin though to offer transitional care for those kids aging out of the foster system. We have 22 sites in Springfield where we have transitional living uh, for these kids who reach the age of what the government says, they age out of the system and so we provide there in transitional living for them, uh, teaching them how to take care of a house. They have their apartment, how to pay bills, how to drive a car, how to get a bank account, how to, all of those things that you and I learn from who? Our parents. And so we have that transitional care. We added uh, some years ago about uh, back in the 80s, pregnancy services. And we began to work with young women who found themselves with unwanted pregnancies, not just young women that found themselves in unwanted pregnancies, but un unwed mothers who found themselves nowhere to go. We didn't just offer pregnancy services just where they come in, get a sonogram, we counsel them the importance of, of uh, 
bringing their baby to life, but we also give them a place to live. And some time ago, about uh, five years ago now, we started our human trafficking rescue ministry, Freedom 4319. And I'll show you a couple of our safe houses uh, in just a moment as we do our tour. And then we acquired the Lighthouse in Kansas City, which is our home for unwed mothers. And we also have Country Haven in Peculiar. The brook, uh, the uh, branches in Brookline, that's not too far from here, both of those facilities are for uh, adults with disabilities. In fact, the majority of those that live in those uh, are adults with Down syndrome. And they are the most loving, caring uh, adults that you'll ever meet. They would love for you to come sometime during the week, cook dinner for them, play games with them, sing songs with them. And uh, the good thing is, is you get to eat too. I wanted just to show you a few pictures of our campuses just so you know that we do indeed exist. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm always kind of, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical uh, kind of a person and always question things. And so I like to know that, hey, this place is really real. This is our St. Louis campus in Bridgeton. This is our original campus that uh, started in 1886. We moved to this campus though in 1907. This is the Holt Gate, which goes into our campus. We have several buildings. Uh, this is one of the dormitories. Boys on one side, girls in the other, a big mean lady in between. That keeps, that keeps peace in the house, if you know what I mean. This is the Coleman House on our campus in Bridgeton. Uh, girls living in this house are in our pregnancy services. Again, they're young women who have found themselves in unwanted pregnancies and need a place to go because they've literally been thrown out on the streets. Here's another one of our houses. You notice the uh, gazebo in the middle courtyard there. It's a lot of good hamburgers being fried on that. Uh, here's our original building that we built in 1907. Yes, it's still there. Yes, it still looks 1907. But it's our administrative building now. Interestingly, when we remodeled, you wouldn't believe the things we found in between the walls. School materials that I'm sure some kid said, I lost it. All kinds of things, glasses, sweaters, all kinds of interesting things. So that's a few pictures and there's many, many more pictures. We have a beautiful campus uh, on St. Charles Rock Road in Bridgeton. There's many more uh, pictures from there, but time would have us to move on to Mount Vernon, which is our Hutchins campus. Mount Vernon, uh, we have several buildings there. This is our administration building. Uh, this building was built by First Baptist Church in Springfield. And so it's called the First Baptist Church Administrative Building. If you would like to have a building named after you, I'd be happy to see you following, <laughs> following the service, but it's gonna cost you. We also have the Wilmoth Complex. Again, girls on one side, boys on the other, a mean lady in the middle. 
And these housing units will house uh, dozens of young men and women. And we also have two other large dormitories on our campus in Mount Vernon, um, rolling acreage there, and it's a beautiful campus. We have our burn campus that's in Peculiar. Anyone know where Peculiar is? Yeah, it's a peculiar place. But that's our Burn campus. Here's our dormitory, our main building on the Burn campus, which as you can see, if you'd like to volunteer to trim some bushes, we'd be grateful. Uh, This is a multi-level building. It may not look like that, but the Burn campus in Peculiar is only boys. It's a ranch, basically. We have a donor that gives us six cows, six cattle, six whatever, uh, whatever you call, I'm not a farmer, so I just know they're not milk cows because they kill them and eat them, okay? So the boys learn how to take care of those, and then every year when Wayne calls me and says, hey, I got six more, when we go pick up the six young ones, we take the six old ones, and they enjoy hamburgers and steaks across our campuses. And, uh, but the boys cry when the old ones leave and, oh, you're taking my best friend. But they really like it when they come back in hamburger buns. <laughs> so that's in Peculiar. This is our newest safe house that we just opened a year ago, November. Uh, this was at the grand opening. This is the staff that serves at our safe house. This safe house is in an undisclosed location. We don't give out where our safe houses are located because the girls are property and the people that think they own them will do whatever they can to get them back. Human trafficking is a $32 billion billion industry. And uh, so we took an old farmhouse and we remodeled it and you see it's quite nice. I can't show you the whole picture from the road because you might try to Google it and go and break in and steal all of our Twinkies. (laughs) But that's it. Would you believe that when we opened this property a year ago, November, our very first client that we served at this safe house property was an 11-year-old girl who had been sold multiple times a day Think about that. Southwest Missouri, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening all around us. This is the lighthouse. It's in Kansas City. This is where our ladies in residence that are expecting babies live. And uh, we just recently remodeled this property and it's quite nice and lots of babies and crying and all kinds of stuff go on there. Here's the Country Haven. Country Haven has a circular parking uh, drive. Uh, About two years ago, a donor gave us adult tricycles. Have you seen those? Occasionally on Saturday, they have adult tricycle races (laughs) in the uh, circular parking lot. It's quite uh, amusing and the ticket is free. And then out in Brookline, just not very far from here, 
is the branches. This is our newest Adults with Disabilities home. Um, we joined with them. They were Southwest Missouri uh, Homes for the Disabled, and they reached out to us and asked if we would like to partner with them, and we said, sure. And so that's our home in Brookline. So why has uh, MBCH Ministries changed? Well, again, in 1886, we established ourselves as an orphanage because parents were dying. Literally, there were children everywhere. In the 70s, we transitioned to foster care and adoption because we recognized that families were dying, and they continue to do so in our world. Just look around us. And then, of course, today we include crisis pregnancy services, human trafficking rescue because society is dying. It's all around us. So why is your MBCH important? Here's some statistics from Missouri, or Missouri, depending on if you're a native or not. More than 13,000 children today, today, are in the foster care system in Missouri. Those are 13,000 children that go to bed at night and have no mother or father to tuck them in, to pray for them, to make sure their bellies are full before they go to bed. 2,000 of those are just waiting to be adopted. The court has already said, hey, you're adoptable. We've terminated the parental rights for whatever reason. 2,000 are just waiting for someone to stick up their hand and say, hey, I think I, think I could provide a home for you. 2,000. Did you know there are 68,000 incidents of child abuse involving more than 102,000 children? That's reported. 1,400 of them are found to be victims of sexual abuse. And Missouri ranks 17th in the United States in human trafficking, mainly situated in St. Louis, Kansas City, and Branson. Shocking, isn't it? Well, what did we do last year to impact the gospel for those kids at risk and youth? Last year, we served over 4,700 children and families. We praise God for that. Out of that 4,700, 48 children and youth were served in therapeutic group homes. 147 were served in treatment family care. 378 youth were served in foster care. 303 foster adoptive homes were maintained. And in fact, just last month, our office in Springfield, and we do have an office in Springfield on Cherry Street, where we have about 20 social workers who work with foster and adoptive families. We just added to our caseload there 120 children that came to us through uh, a joint effort of Great Circle, um, you might be familiar with. You're in child welfare, aren't you? Yeah. Are you familiar with? Yeah. Would you like to finish? <laughs> so we added 120 to those, so you can imagine um, the struggles that we have there. We're always looking for more. And by the way, at our residential uh, care centers, 
The one in Mount Vernon is currently looking for a residential parent. That's the big mean lady that's in between. You work seven days, 24, seven, but you sleep there, you have an apartment. You go home for seven days. Come back for seven days, go home for seven days. If God is calling you to do that, I'd like to talk to you. We also had 185 children that found permanent homes. 74 were reunited with families. 22 were assigned permanent guardians. 58 youth in transitional living. Last year, we had 114 babies born that would have been aborted if our pregnancy services in the lighthouse had not been there. We served 172 young women, 8,800 diapers. That's a lot of, well, you know what that is. <laughs> and 6,000 other items, baby booties, onesies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Last year, we rescued 22 from human trafficking. To date, we've rescued over 200 girls. Again, the average age of 12 to 14. Children don't wake up one morning and decide they'll be prostitutes. They're forced into it. So why do, we, why do we do what we do? Look at this verse of scripture. Does that yellow time, does that mean I'm almost done? Oh, okay. That's really scary. I never... I, I ignored every I, Oh, good. I thought so having been here a few times. I'm so glad Paul is, he's easy to tease, isn't he? <laughs> Look at this scripture, though. This scripture is, is kind of uh, interesting. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Some people were bringing little children to him, Jesus, so he might touch them. But his disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, Jesus said, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in. After taking them, the children, in his arms, Jesus laid his hands on them and blessed them. What stands out in that scripture? The first thing that stands out to me and answers the question, why does NBCH do what we do? Is do you see the people who blocked the children? Who were they? What does it say? What? The disciples, the church the closest ones to Jesus. They said, whoa. Jesus has just come down from Galilee. He's tired. He's been a long day. He just preached a sermon. Sorry. You can't see Jesus. Isn't it interesting that the church still is that way today in some respects? We don't want those kids. Those kids don't behave. 
They say bad words. They do bad things. They use crayons on the wall in the Sunday school. And the door becomes blocked, becomes blocked by the very people that should be opening the door and say, hey, come on in. Jesus is here. He'll be so excited to see you. It's blocked. Did that make Jesus happy? Did it make him happy? What does it say? He was indignant. I grew up in Indiana, so I had to look that word up. <laughs> but he wasn't happy. In fact, he was mad. He saw these very people that he had poured his life into and whom he thought were his disciples, the very people that would take his message after he would die and rose again and ascend back into heaven. Those very people, he, he watched them as they turned these people away and he said, wow, this is not good. This is troubling. And then what did he do? He told them. A bold command. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For such is the kingdom. Have you been with me all of this time and not recognized this is the kingdom? And then he took them up in his arms and he blessed them. He blessed them. That's why we do what we do. Jesus commands it. He's indignant when we say, mm, these kids, they're a little, mm, they're a little sketch. But I guarantee you that all of us could probably find living on our street, one of these kids that we're talking about. I grew up, in a church that had a bus ministry. I mean, the preacher, he was always asking for bus captains. These are people that put their lives on the line <laughs> as they picked up children, brought them to Sunday school. But the door wasn't blocked, it was wide open. That's why we do what we do. So where do you fit in? Well, we need children and families to help us in this crisis. We are in a crisis, ladies and gentlemen. 13,000 kids don't have a home in our state. We get income from Southern Baptist churches that support the cooperative program. I have over 200 churches that I work with. I have 11,000 clients that I work with in Southwest Missouri. They fund our ministry for about two weeks a year. I'm not saying that to say, come on. I'm just saying that as a matter of point of fact. Because a lot of people say, well, you're a part of the Southern Baptist Church. You're a mission partner with the Missouri Baptist Convention. Surely they give you all kinds of money, truckloads. They back up the truck, they dump it in. 
No, it supports us for two weeks. So without the support of people like you and the commitment that you have made on a monthly basis, we would not be able to do what we do. So thank you. Thank you. Maybe you as a family would like to do your own individual offering or gift. Thank you. Here's what you can do, though. We need you to pray for us. Without prayer, we can't do what we do. We can't bring those girls into safety. We can't allow those babies to be born. We can't offer safe and secure homes in a Christian environment to those foster children and youth. Pray for us. Ah, give a cash gift. We love cash. Maybe monthly, quarterly. We'll take it. We'll even take your property. <laughs> I say that unashamedly. That's lands, home, stock, clothes, insurance policies, diapers. The list goes on, right? Had a farmer who gave us 100 acres not long ago. He wasn't using it. He was tired of paying taxes. He was tired of paying insurance. He said, hey, I'm going to give it to you. Then now we pay the taxes. We pay the insurance. But guess what? We have 100 acres now that we can sell and turn it into baby diapers and doctors and therapists and so on for our rescue ministry and recruitment for homes for our kids. So there you go. You can even give a deferred gift. Where's your stuff going to go when you're not there? None of you in this building are too old to start to not start thinking about that. If you have children, if you own property, you better have a will. And if you want to know how to do a will, see me. I can help you do one for free. You can give a deferred gift. There are even ways that that gift you can draw in from, income from for the rest of your life. Isn't that amazing? Sounds too good to be true, isn't it? And this is not a pyramid scheme. It's not. We have tax credit programs. How many of you pay taxes to the state of Missouri? Look at that. Almost all of us. Do you know that you can give a gift in our tax deferred program? $100, $50 of that is paid by the Missouri taxes you've paid in. That means it's only $50 out of your pocket. Isn't that beautiful? $1,000, it's only $500 out of your pocket. Your Missouri taxes pay the other 500 either as a credit toward taxes you owe or a refund, we all like that, when you file your taxes. Tax credit programs. Thank you, Governor Mike Parson. You can dedicate your time and skills to minister, volunteer, foster parent, adoptive parent, become a staff member. Again, we still need... We have a really large need for missionaries on our residential. In fact, we've had to close a couple of our wings in our residential housing because we don't have the staff. People to step forward and say, hey, I can do that. Seven days on, seven days off, get paid. Every other week, I'm on vacation. 
Not bad, right? You saw in that first picture, the women were dressed in black, right? Did you see that? There's a reason for that. But don't let that stop you. Here's some things that I like to share with churches. You can host a mini event, a karaoke night. You can do a church-wide garage sale. You can do a community dinner. We have a church that does a wild, a wild uh, whatever dinner where they eat turkeys and goats and squirrels and all kinds of stuff. And they invite the community in, they charge them. You can have a golf tournament, you can fishing tournament, which we already have those. We do fun runs. We have a fun run every fall at Rutledge Farm, 5K. As you can see, I haven't participated in that. <laughs> you can do a youth service auction. Just at a church that auctioned off 27 of their youth and they scooped driveways two weeks ago. Diaper drive, we need diapers. Baby bottle offering, we have the baby bottles where you take them from Mother's Day to Father's Day, you fill them up with your loose change, you bring them back, and it's amazing how much money that generates for the children's home. Birthday offerings, we have stuff over there on my little display where you can, a church can do birthday offerings where they just take up an offering, have it in the Sunday school, have it sitting out. If it's your birthday, you put in a little gift for Missouri Baptist Children's Home. Property projects. Again, those bushes need to be trimmed. We have some uh, jobs out at the branches that need to be done. If you'd like to spend a Saturday, we can help you find something to do. In closing, I'd like you to meet a couple of our clients. <clears throat> I, I can't tell you their names because that's confidential. And if any of you are agents of the government, you could get me for violation of HIPAA laws. Here's a girl that lived in our lighthouse. When she learned she was pregnant, she was homeless. She was addicted to meth had nowhere to go. She found us. That's her baby. Amazingly born, healthy, happy. She's clean now. She has a job. She has her daughter. And through our family resource center, her boyfriend and she were married on our campus in Bridgeton. And they have a happy Christian home now. Isn't that great? Praise God. This little guy came to one of our camps. He was living at our peculiar campus. I said, hey, partner, what would you say about NBCH? He said, I would say thank you for helping me connect with God. I suspect he's learned that somewhere, right? Those are big words for a little guy. But what he's saying is, is, I found Jesus. I asked Jesus to forgive me and to come into my heart at MBCH resident summer camp.
Here's one of our safe house girls. She was 14. Now know that these girls aren't just standing along the road waiting for someone to rescue them. They don't want to be rescued. They're brainwashed by their captors. This young girl was a Wiccan. She was scary. She would throw hexes on our staff. It scared them. She started fires. But it's nothing for Jesus. Because she traded in her book of shadows, her Wiccan Bible. She carries now the Holy Bible. And she's changed. She's changed. She says, Jesus has made me new. She's now graduated from high school with straight A's. She no longer is addicted to meth. She's not an alcoholic anymore. You say, Jeff, you said she was 14. Yeah. Since that time, God has changed her. He's changed her and made her new. These little guys are, I love this picture. She's actually making the bunny ears behind his head. And I thought that was inappropriate, so I... It's a brother and sister. They're adopted now, and they have a forever home. In closing, James the Apostle said, Hear this. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this. Hear this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. May that ever be so. May it ever be so. It's the work of the church. It's the work of the church. Father, thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to love you. Thank you for these people, Crosspoint, we feel like we're among friends. We just ask, Lord, that you would help us to recognize the hurting around us. And we've heard Pastor Paul preach this so many times, that our ministry starts outside these walls. Help us to recognize those around us, to plug into areas where we can make a difference and be the light to a dark world. Change us. We ask it in Christ's name. There's a little thing that I gave you or that Caitlin and my son Bradley gave you. It looks like this. At the end of the service, I'd like you to tear off the back. It's perforated. Again, that's a big word for a Hoosier. It tears off, and there's a place where you can fill out your name and information there. And I need all of you just to do this and say, I'll be a prayer partner. If, all the, if there's anything else there that interests you, great. I'll put you on our mailing list. You'll get a copy of our magazine, The Messenger, every quarter, with stories in it about how God's changed lives. 
and uh, just leave it with me. I'll be over at the table. There's a lot of information over there, tax credit information and information over there. But allow God to speak to your heart of how you can be a conduit through which the Holy Spirit can work.